as soon as I got done, I told him, I was like, I'm really nervous. I'm like, I'm, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm, you know, a tech, like I've never been a manager and that stuff scares the hell out of me. And he's like, that's great. It's like, that's awesome. That's, that's really good that you know that because it's like, I'm really comfortable with that kind of stuff. Hey everybody, this is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. And I want to ask you one thing. Are you doing what you want to do in life? Are you pursuing what you want in life? Why not? Don't be a bitch. Be the captain of your own ship. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. What is going on, everybody? It's Bobby Walker here with Journey of a New Entrepreneur with another awesome episode for you guys. I know I say this a lot, and I think it's just because it's the truth. It's like every time I'm getting a new person on here, or this time, two new persons, two new people on here that uh, they just kind of, they motivate me, get my 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 blood boiling. I think they're going to do the same for you. So just just strap in, buckle up. If you're washing the house right now, just know that we're there with you in spirit. If you're on top of the roof, if you're doing whatever it is that you do while you work, uh, props to you for kicking ass and for also trying to make yourself better. And uh, today, I've got the Davis brothers with me. I got Clay. I've got Derek. Guys, how the hell are you? Excellent. Doing pretty good. Awesome. All right. Well, guys, listen, we've known each other for a little bit. We met, uh, let's see, this is May, almost the end of May, and we met back in January. And if I'll, if I remember correctly, I think we like just really hit it off. We're like basically best friends anymore, pretty much, I think. Right. So pretty close. I pretty feel, close. feel like that uh, pretty much sealed the Florida trip. Made it worth <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, before we get into you, I want to take a second to uh, talk about the show sponsor Responsibid. If you've been listening to the J&E podcast for any amount of time, you know exactly what Responsibid is. Responsibit is the most powerful piece of software that I use in my business. It's basically the hub for all of my sales, all of my follow-up, helps me get bigger ticket prices, all of that good stuff. So let me just name a couple of little things that it does for you. The first one is it just makes it easy to quote. Um, you you go to someone's home and now when you're using Responsibid, well, you can do it at home or over the phone or whatever. You don't have to worry about the actual pricing. You spent the time, you got all of your pricing put into Responsibid. So when you're talking to someone, you just get a few basic questions or whatever questions that you really want because this thing's very powerful. You punch it in there. It spits out the price and the options for you. So all you have to do is focus on that actual customer interaction. Like me, for instance, I run all of my, uh, most, you know, not all, but we run most of our quotes in person. And what makes Responsibility so nice is we show up, we, uh, res- we just kind of do a song and dance to make it look like we're really doing a lot of work to put the quote together. In reality, we're just walking around the house, punch the things into Responsibid, it spits it out for us. And then we just go up and we focus on that interaction, trying to make the customer like us, because we all know that people buy from who they like, and it's one of the reasons that Caleb runs all of our quotes for us now almost because they like him more than me. If you don't know, Caleb's my son. He's my business partner. He's uh, not even 21 yet. He's freaking awesome. So he's out there slaying it with the help of Responsibid. So that's one thing it does. Another one is it allows people to go to your website and get an accurate quote for your services. So they can go online. And the reason it's accurate is you build this thing out. You make the rules and Responsibid to, to provide a accurate and consistent price for you across the board. And then if they get that quote and they like it, 
it actually lets them schedule right then and there. So they pick a day that works for your schedule because it's got intelligent scheduling built into it. And then it requires a deposit. So you pick the deposit. If you want it to be $1 or 50 or $100 or you want it to be a percentage. So you can literally be in the bathroom and before you leave, you actually get a, a few messages on your phone where someone got a quote, schedule themselves, pay the deposit. And now your guys just got to go up and do the job. It's freaking awesome. Responsive is amazing. It's changed my business. We've been using it for, we're going on three years now and I don't think we're ever going to look back. So if you guys are interested in Responsive, just go to jnebid.com. So that's J-N-E, like Journey of a New Entrepreneur, B-I-D, like responsibid.com. So jnebid.com. And Journey of a New Entrepreneur listeners get an exclusive deal that you can't get anywhere else. You can't go to Responsibid's website. You can't go to anyone else. Journey of a New Entrepreneur listeners get a second free month of service whenever you sign up for Responsibid. It's really awesome. Another thing that's kind of exciting about Responsibid is uh, Kurt over there is actually going to be giving away a free year of Responsibid on my YouTube channel. We're trying to hit 8,000 subscribers. We're about 1,000 away from that. So uh, in that 8,000 mark, we're going to be giving away a year of Responsibid. And you have to subscribe to the YouTube channel for that. So make sure you go over there, check that out. And last thing, for anyone that's going to be listening to this podcast before this happens, so tomorrow night, the 26th of May, I'm getting together with the Service Moxie CEO, and we're going to be just sharing things, um, sharing some basic sales tactics that make a huge, huge impact on your business. This has nothing to do with Responsibid. It's just something that we're doing. I'm going to have a link in the show notes here. So make sure you sign up, click on the link, and it. Uh, even if you can't uh, make it live, you'll be able. I think you're going to be able to see a replay. So make sure you sign up on there so that's that thank you for listening guys how, how is life in minnesota i don't want to like spoil too much about your story but i know you up you're up in minnesota i see one of you wearing a tank top is it cold up there still is it warm is it nice is it crazy what's going on up there uh, hot today 72 yeah. and sunny and i got got a good sunburn so yeah. i've got i don't know if you guys can tell from the camera i've got Look at the sunburn here. <laughs> yeah, I got I got quite the sunburn. We went out to the beach um, yesterday at Coca, uh, New Smyrna Beach and spent the whole day, and uh, it was just nice. But let's get into this thing. Let's let's learn who you guys are. Uh, like I said at the beginning, we met at a power washing pressure washing event here in Orlando back in January. So you guys, uh, it's one thing I already like about you guys is you're you're not afraid to invest in yourselves, and make yourselves better. Um, so we met at this event, we had a few drinks and, um, I don't know, just had, had a good fun conversation. So why don't you tell the listeners, um, just one of you give us, you know, that 60 second, 90 second overview of kind of like who you are. I know your brothers and, uh, you know, a little bit about your life, a little bit about your business. Uh, yeah, Glenn, Derek here. I'm Derek. That's Glenn, my older brother, um, started the company a year ago doing it part-time uh, working weekends, uh, got pretty busy. His wife started helping us clean a little bit. It was super unorganized, but about halfway through the summer, figured out that like we could make it a, a real thing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that being said, when in the winter, we were both construction workers and uh, he ended up quitting his job, like all in, went full time. Uh, I initially wasn't going to, I was gonna go back and work construction another year. And, uh, 
Well, he started doing the toolkit this winter and really ramped that up and was able to sell a ton for early spring. Like nice. we booked our early, early spring really heavy. And uh, so that was really well. Um, didn't really know what the year was going to bring. So like I said, I was going to go back to work in construction, but as soon as it got nice out, like it just blew up. So uh, yeah, quit my job. And now we're both uh, cleaning windows, washing houses, that sort of thing. Yeah. Cool. And you, you, when you guys first started out, you were doing window cleaning only, I think, correct? Yeah. Traditional, traditional window cleaning. Didn't have a water fed right off the bat. Uh, once we got a water fed still, we weren't really using it to its potential. So like just our first year was a big learning experience, but, cool. uh, so yeah. th- we're in 2020 right now. So 2019 was your first year. Yep. Last started up last March. Now, did you guys start together or did one of you start it and then the other one join? I started it. I was, uh, working, doing concrete and my wife doesn't work. She stays home with the kids. And, uh, yeah, I got laid off like really unexpectedly and didn't have any money put away. It's winter in Minnesota. So, you know, it's, there's not a lot of places higher for construction workers in the winter. Um, so that being said, you can't do anything in the winter. It's like, you you can't do anything solid. Yeah. If you don't go into winter with a job, you're not going to get a job realistically. At least a good one. Um, that being said, was like scrambling what to do. I ran across like a lot of guys like Keith Kalfas video, like mm-hmm. how to make $500 in a day window cleaning. Right. And, uh, I remember it was like two in the morning. I woke my wife up. I was like, "Free, like, <laughs> you know? and, uh, she's like, shut up and go to bed, you know? But then I woke up the next morning. I'm like, no, serious. Like I'm going to go to home Depot and I'm going to get some, some stuff. That's got awesome. some gear. Yeah. I think it was Sounds like familiar. Yeah. It was like 80 bucks, like just garbage, garbage tools. Uh, went around the house it was like literally spent like three hours trying to figure out how to run a squeegee, and uh, which you okay. probably didn't figure it out in three hours. It's harder than oh, it looks, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was pretty terrible, really. The next day, I went down to a couple towns over, like some wealthier storefronts, and just started selling storefronts. And I think like the first two days, I probably made like four or five hundred bucks in like two days. Nice, just doing like ten dollar window cleanings you know, with an now. with an eighty dollar investment and and a whole yeah. lot of hustle. And it was cold and it was cold. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it started. Just some door knocking, got the cops called on me right away, like, like half hour. And, uh, yeah, after that really started people, uh, my wife was making some videos like on Snapchat, making fun of me cleaning windows. Mm-hmm. Like she actually had friends. She didn't know, but like people that wanted their windows cleaned. So like, uh, just kind of started doing that for them and made a few Facebook posts and we were busy. And, and here we are, huh? Here, now, here we are. Now, by the way, I don't think I did a good job introducing. So we got Clay and Derek Davis here. So uh, Clay and Derek, brothers. Um, so how long until Clay joined joined you, Derek? Or Clay, how long until you joined? Yeah, I would say he had been, he had been cleaning windows for probably a month, maybe a month and a half. May 14th, I look back. When we started. That's when we got the... Yeah, so yeah. Probably closer to two months. Yeah. And... Um, I, I started it as kind of more out of just curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's he doing out there on the, on the weekends and, and, uh, like anybody, a little bit of side, a little bit of side money, never heard. Mm-hmm. Yep. And at this, at this point in time, he was getting busy to the point where it was a lot, it was just a lot for one guy to keep up with and doing construction all week long. You don't really look forward to having to work yeah. you know, all weekend. So 
um, at the time I was just like, well, I can help him out, try to cut the jobs, you know, cut the work in half on a weekend and, and, uh, see where, see where it goes. And at that point in time, I think I had saw some potential as far as like an actual business, but was still more or less just thinking of it as a, as a side hustle than I, yeah. Fear money. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of what are you guys drinking anything tonight? You love me high Rocket stars. I got water. Those. Okay, fair. Well, I'm I'm rocking the ultra, you know, trying to keep the carbs down. So, uh, now, how old are you guys? I'm 32. 30. Oh, well, screw both of you. You look younger, and yeah, you know, that's one thing I don't like about you guys at all. You're just two like just ruggedly handsome dudes, and and uh, it just bugs the shit out of me. So, um, so congratulations, and. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I hate you. So uh, <laughs> now you, when you're guys, trying to sell a window cleaning to you know forty year old women. It probably doesn't hurt. No, so. it comes in handy. I'm sure it comes in handy. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. So, uh, wife's kids. How about all that? Yeah, I've got. A, I'm married. I've got two kids: a four year old daughter, a year and a half old son. And uh, as we speak, my wife's 19 weeks pregnant. So, oh wow, that's that's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. My wife's not pregnant, but <laughs> but yeah, married. Same thing. Uh, Four-year-old son. Uh, daughter will be three here in another couple months. Uh, yeah, healthy. All right. So, tell me a little bit about the construct. What what kind of construction were you guys doing before you started your own thing? Road construction. Oh, okay, just building roads and stuff like that. Mostly like mostly residential like development type stuff, which they probably got to be rebuilt every year because of the freaking snow and ice and hell that you guys did. Huge industry up here. I'm going back. I don't know why. I I went to uh, I went to Minnesota last January for an ice fishing trip. I got sucked into with my buddy Dan Plata, and I left tank top and shorts weather. And went to negative 18 degree weather up in Minnesota. And I swore I'd never do it again. And uh, one day, well, one day ago, I just bought airplane tickets for another trip in January to go back and go ice fishing. So I remember when you came up here, we had, well, yeah, I think we had just been talking or something like that. Or maybe it was right after that Orlando trip. And yeah, you couldn't have came up here to worse time. It was, <laughs> it was like, cold as like, hell, man. We have like a two or three week stretch and you never know when it's going to be, but it's always, you know, negative 10, negative 20 and like just windy as hell. And yeah. You found that period. Well, and you guys are in Min- uh, Minneapolis, right? Or in the Minneapolis area. Yeah. Just yeah. Cool. Cool. So I know you started this thing. So you literally, you're just sitting around thinking about maybe starting a business or something. I don't know. You uh, stumble across a YouTube video that says you can make money cleaning windows and you decided to start a business. Is it, is it as simple as that? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it, when we started, it wasn't much of a business. Like it was, there was no business license. There was no insurance. Like, yeah. you know, that was for like the first probably two and a half months because it was mostly doing people's houses. We either knew or knew somebody that knew that, you know, so it was pretty close knit. But then uh, once we realized that there could be something then we made it legit. So yeah. what, what did the, tell, tell me about the first year in business. So you, you, you start this thing, uh, if I understand correctly, you don't have any previous business experience as far as running one. Um, was it just like the easiest, smoothest thing you ever did? Did you have problems along the way? What was it like? We were busy. Like 
we've honestly, we've always been busy. Last summer from May, even before May, because he started in May. So like from April until December, where the last house we filmed last winter was like in December. Mm-hmm. We worked every, every single weekend other than the 4th of July. I mean, it was like, now it's busy part-time. Or so like we were cleaning between like three and four or five houses a week. Yeah. You know, so I mean, not a lot, but like for part-timers. For it was. part-time so we were, work, yeah. Yeah, so we were busy and like we didn't have a CRM or nothing like that. So that was, the cleaning went pretty good. There was always some new thing we figured out, but uh, the man, it wasn't managed very well. A lot of it was because I had started it. I was handling that and it was, you know, I'd make a Facebook post in one of these pages, like a local page, and boom, I'd have like 20 or 30 requests for window cleaning. Like, Holy crap. How do you, how do you, without a CRM or like any system, it was super unorganized, you know, and like people fell through the cracks all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and to be honest, one thing that we did right, the one thing I think we did right was we're expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, that's, that's huge. We set, right? high, we set a high ticket. I, I got in contact with a really high end cleaner here. Um, he's actually from Phoenix, but he comes up here and cleans for like a month and a half in spring and then like a month and a half in the fall mansions, mansions only. And like, I kind of just like followed his pricing. He is the most expensive guy. And like for surely in Minneapolis and we're like right below him. So that kind of, it, uh, it got us good clients and it weeded out people you probably didn't want to deal with. So like the business side, it was kind of easy. We didn't have a bunch of, uh, bad customers. So like, I think we lucked out in that part. Well, that's, that's huge. And um, I do want to correct you. you. You definitely didn't luck out. You, you made a good decision. You, you, that's one of the things I like about you guys is you're doers. You know, you're not just some guys that you don't listen to a shit ton of podcasts. You don't read the books. You don't get in the Facebook groups and learn stuff and then not do anything about it. So I'm sure you had someone tell you whether it's this guy that you were shadowing or things that you listened to or whatever that said you should charge high prices. I did the same thing. My prices uh, with with an exception or two, but uh, like my window cleaning prices are cheaper today than they were when I started. And that's one of the best things. One of the best things that I did was start really, really high because then it just makes it so easy on you to come down a little bit. But if you start them low, not only do you have the barrier of going into the market now with higher prices when you raise them, but you're fighting that mental barrier of, Oh crap. Now I'm, you know, now I'm 30% more expensive. So that was actually a huge win for you guys. And again, just, just props on you doing it. Um, so what kind of revenue did you guys do in year number one? So you started, you started around February, I think you said. Uh, March. It was March. Yeah. March. Yeah. And close it out in December. Um, or 17 just shy of seventeen thousand. Like, $17,000 in beer money not so bad yeah, right yeah yeah so you shut down in December now what made you guys so you came to an event called the power wash store event which is mostly just, it's mostly like a big um, showroom vendor showcase for pressure washing equipment uh, there's some window cleaning equipment there as well and then uh, they have some classes and things like that what what convinced you guys what made you want to come to that and and then talk about that transition of deciding to go full time. Well, we had been talking about wanting to get some training. We knew we wanted to add some services like soft washing. Um, just everybody figures out that, you know, the higher the ticket price, the better you're going to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
not leaving any jobs on the table when you get to a customer's house. We uh, didn't go into winter with a bunch of money saved up, you know, so we were picky on what we wanted to do. Um, I think it was like, it was in December, a couple weeks before the showcase and something came out. It was like free or something. There was, well, oh, there was a, there was, yeah, F9 had that free class there. And that's something we really wanted to go check out. So like, okay, well, tickets to Orlando are cheap. Let's just go do it. That was pretty much it. You know, nice. I uh, like seriously, even like the startup of this company, even to today, like we're lean, we don't spend a bunch of money on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like use my flyer points that I accrued like a couple years ago, still had points for holiday. So we didn't have to pay for a hotel when we went down there. Like it was a bare bones trip. Um, that's how that all started. Didn't really know much about the showcase other than there was a few classes we wanted to go see. Mm-hmm. Brett nine being the, the biggest one. You know, we wanted to be a little more comfortable, yep. that kind of stuff. Um, that was it. For anyone listening. So F nine is just a, it's a, a, a series of products of chemicals for uh, basically we'll, we'll say getting specialty stains off of services, whether it's houses, concrete, you know, you name it, uh, F nine and Craig Harrison are about as sharp as they get. So, so in January, I remember, uh, cause I, th- did we meet at the bar? I can't remember. Uh, we just ran into each other. I think we may have just been setting that like that, little pool bar because it was at a pretty cool place a nice little resort there and everything yeah yeah we ran into you in the showcase actually you were walking around with a beer in hand yep. and, uh, <laughs> yeah just, just moseying around well, when you say it that way you know yeah and we we know who you were um from listening to the podcast and youtube and all that and then yeah he ended up was like oh, let's go talk to him so what, yeah cool. me going down there i i've Early on, I fell into listening to a lot of podcasts just to mm-hmm. try and learn. In my mind, it's always been anybody can clean a window. Anybody yep. can wash the house. It's the back-end stuff that I've, I wanted to continuously learn, and podcasts was a really easy way to do that. You know, you can be at work and listen to stuff. Yeah. And uh, I, had, I had to come into your – I had fallen into your podcast um, – sometime midsummer. So by the time we got down there, I knew who you were. And I was like, Oh, it'd be really cool if we ran into Bobby yeah. down here. Cause we were talking like the night before, like, Oh, it'd be weird if we saw him. We're in Orlando. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Up to this point, I think you, I probably had gotten more information from your, what you were putting out to everybody than, than anybody else by far. Oh, and, cool. Checks in the mail. Thank you, bro. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So I, I don't know. It was, uh, it was really cool to run into you down there and all classes aside, you know, meeting you and, and that other buddy of yours was probably, um, the highlight of the trip and definitely. Oh yeah. You, my buddy, Dave Jarrett, who's in my yeah. uh, business bourbon and bullshit, uh, yeah. quarterly mastermind. Yeah. I forgot. We, yeah. yeah. We still talk to him all the time. I talk to him on a weekly basis for sure. So. Do you really? Yeah. That's yeah, cool. That's yeah. awesome. that's that's neat networking is just the best so what now so when i talked to you guys down there you had already uh, so uh let's see here clay was planning on quitting his job as the season was going to pick up Derek, you were going to stay with the job and then like you know basically help on whatever you can work on the weekends with clay um how long did that plan last before that changed uh i went back to construction like three weeks ago we had a really like we had a really busy spring so 
March, April, we like we loaded up. For us, it was really busy because um, mm-hmm. we've never coming in April. We'd never washed a house. Like we had very little gutter cleaning experience. Like we were window cleaners. Yeah. And being that our rig wouldn't fit inside our shop, we don't have very tall doors in the shop. Mm-hmm. We couldn't set anything up in the truck or trailer until the freeze was gone because we don't we didn't have to winterize everything. Yeah. So literally, like. Three days before our first house wash, we finally got the truck and trailer set up. So <laughs> that's how it worked. Oh, it was scrambling. We, um, we had uh, an interesting winter. Like I was doing a whole bunch of storefront cleaning. I had, mm-hmm. as soon as I realized that I'm not going back to my normal job, I did whatever it took to start creating some sort of income. Um, in the winter, and that came down to basically cleaning storefronts. And as I was doing that, I'd run into the more people you see on a daily basis, the more opportunity to come. So I ended up running into a few different contractors that were still building houses mm-hmm. and, you know, got to do some construction cleans in the winter and whatnot. And throughout March, we were, we were selling house washes like mm-hmm. nonstop through March. Yeah. It was, it was unbelievable. And which where you know, live is not typical, really. I mean, it's still cold as hell. And it'd be weird to be selling window cleaning, let alone house washes, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there was still probably a uh, half foot to put a snow on the ground. We were wow. Doing, yeah, kind but of, then you listen to all the people that told you you couldn't do it when the weather was like that. I mean, yeah, constantly. I kept hearing our market's different. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't understand <laughs> our market's different. Yep. Yeah. Don't, don't sell, don't sell when people aren't buying. And, and we weren't spending a lot of money on the marketing, but we had, you know, through your toolkit, the market research tool, put that to use immediately. And we were, we figured out who we wanted to market to and started off marketing to them like as inexpensive as possible, which ends mm-hmm. up being a lot of social media stuff. Um, some storefronts in those areas where you know you're just going to run into people. And so throughout March, I mean, we were, there was weeks we were selling like nine, $10,000 a week. Wow. In windows and house washes. So Dude, at this point insane. in time, yeah, it was, yeah, we were, we couldn't believe it. Yeah, I was, you know? <laughs> and at this point I knew I wasn't going back, but he was starting to think, okay, well maybe I shouldn't be going back either. And, and things stayed that way up, up until um, we had started cleaning in April and we had a snowstorm come in oh. and it was right about the time our third round of EDDM went out. So we started doing EDDM the first like warm up, but it happened to be in March and it was a fake spring. It yeah. Was, it was like a, a fake spring. We were ready to do all this stuff, but nobody was quite ready to, you know, start seriously scheduling. Yeah. So by the time we got our third round out, we're thinking, okay, this, EDDM was going to blow up, you know, we're expecting a bunch of phone calls. Time, it couldn't have timed out worse with this snowfall. Yeah. yeah. Third round went out and it was crickets. It was like the worst week of sales that we had had since February. Um, we had to reschedule uh, four or five days worth of cleaning. And all of this, it just kind of was a trifecta of... Mm-hmm bad and so he decided all right i'm not maybe there's not enough to make this go yeah we were, we were both like yeah this 
this isn't going real well at this yeah. point. You know? Well, then you have the whole Corona thing on top of it as well. Yeah. 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 It was, it, it was just all, all the bad came at one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went from like being really at the highest of highs to dang, we're going to have to do it just with one guy in one truck for now. And, and uh, so, so where are you guys at today with that? Right now? Yeah. Yeah. Right now we just got the second truck fully set up. Um, cool. Two of us working full time. We've had one guy part time and we just hired our first full time employee who starts on the first. Not So four people total, the two of you, a full timer yeah. and a part timer. And then his wife does all of our books and payroll and all that. So yeah, kind of administrative. Guys, that's legit, man. So how much revenue have you guys done this year so far? If you don't mind me asking. Um, I'll say, I'll say that I couldn't tell you right exactly where we're at, mm-hmm. but, um, we're going to finish out May with somewhere around $36,000. All right. I'm going to give you a fist bump right there on that one. That's awesome. Uh, so last, so you've more than doubled last year and it's May yeah. and you dealt with a worldwide pandemic in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's different here. Am I right? It's different. Yeah. yeah. yeah, that's yeah. The- April, April, our first, that was our first full month. Not only learning how to do it and then doing it. We didn't really, that was the thing. We didn't know how much we could do. You know, we've never mm-hmm. done it. So like we scheduled really, it was our schedule. We didn't put a lot on the books. So we didn't know how slow we were going to be at it. Yeah. So we went from like, April, we ended up closing out somewhere around sixteen or 17000 which we thought we was really cool. We thought it was cool because we did in one month what we did a whole year. That prior. is really cool. That is really and cool. And then, obviously, we're thinking, well, geez, we got to get to that $20,000 month, you know. Mm-hmm. And anxiety was really high for both of us. And there's one thing I, I hear from people over and over, and what kills anxiety is action. Yep. We just we doubled down on everything. If whatever we were doing at the time, marketing, we 10x'd it if you wanna, you know, go that route. And uh basically decided we're putting all of our, our chips in and neither one of us are gonna be going back to work. And yeah. I actually I did. I went back to construction for uh well, I went back, I did I did four days worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I decided to go back because like I so said that that slow week. Uh, and then they finally called me. We would have already, I would have started working typically a month prior, but because of Corona, it slowed everything down. They mm-hmm. didn't start out. So it was really nice to be able to get a month's worth of working with him to, you know, get our feet wet. That's then I decided to go back. And after like the first three or four hours there, I'm thinking like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> what, what am I doing? You know, I didn't feel right. You're, you're not chasing your dream now. No. Yeah. And then the first day was like a 14 hour day. Like I was, I was not happy. Yeah, I told my wife that and I'm like, I think I'm gonna quit my job. And she was like, you do whatever you want, I guess. Like she supports me, but like she was nervous. Yeah. And then yeah, by I worked Tuesday and then on Wednesday I told my boss, I'm like, this is it. Sorry, I can't I can't mm-hmm. continue on. Well, you know, whenever I whenever I started this business, um, yeah, or my business, uh, my wife was ultra supportive and or and ultra nervous. And, you know, she was very scared. And I just told her, I said, listen, here's what we'll do. If, uh, if I can't make it happen right off the bat, I'll find some night job and I'll work some graveyard shift 
and work on the business. So that way I can make sure I got the money come in. And she was like, that's cool. And it sounds like you guys have your ducks in a row on, on the family front as well. And I think that's something like, I hear a lot of people, they'll be like, man, my wife doesn't support me, my this, my that. And I'm like, you know, the fact is that's on you, you know, and I don't just mean you two guys, but just anyone, you know, that's, that's on you and it's, it's your responsibility. So listeners, if you're out there and you are struggling with the whole getting the wife on board thing, you know, well, maybe you didn't set good expectations whenever you got married. Maybe you changed, maybe you got married and then you changed and you decided you wanted to do this. Well, that's not wrong and that's not bad, but you're changing the rules. And, you know, our, our marriages are the most important thing that we have, in my opinion, you know, they're the most important things that we have. And um, if you change the rules, sometimes it takes a little bit of time, sometimes a lot of bit of time, you know, to get, to get your spouse on board but you need to do that. And most wives or most husbands, I bet you would be cool with it as long as you're willing to do what you guys did last year. You worked your regular jobs and then you did the weekend shit. And then guess what happens? Year number two, you want to quit the job. And yeah, the wives are a little nervous, but, but you earned that trust and that confidence from them and you did it. So um, I'm just liking you guys more and more all the time. So, uh, so listeners, you heard it right though. You know, last year they did uh, $17,000 in January. They got the new entrepreneur's toolkit that you can get at nobitchzone.com. They more than doubled by the end of May and, and they're both full time. So I'm not saying it was the toolkit. I'm just saying you do the math and, and, uh, and that's that. So, but on anyway. a daily basis, we use things directly from that toolkit. And, any, and it's true, like everything in your toolkit you've put out already, it's out there. Uh, everything in there I had heard it before we got the toolkit yeah but the nice thing about the toolkit is it's literally step by step it's all very condensed into one spot um, I think I've gone through it probably three or four times just because there's always something to be caught yeah and uh, it's 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 very simple stuff that you take to the field and you implement and if you're implementing it every single day it it can't fail yeah. And, and I don't, I, you know, shameless plug, but I don't want to turn this into a commercial for it, but I think the key, and you, you basically just said it, and I'm just going to repackage the words that you just said. Um, guys, you know, listeners, what we're doing here, I think in most businesses, now, if you're trying to start a, a tech company with, you know, some new groundbreaking software called Pied Piper or whatever, it might be a little more complicated. And if you don't get that reference, go watch Silicon Valley on HBO. It's awesome. But the, um, you know, what we're doing is it's not complicated, especially most, most of the listeners, you're, you're doing the same type of stuff that I do and that, that Clay does and Derek does, which is pressure washing, window cleaning. We're spraying water on shit. That's it. We're just spraying water on things and then maybe we're taking the water off very carefully to make sure there's no spots. So uh, a monkey can do that. What we've got to make sure that we do is the right things and we got to do them every day. And if we do that, if we do the right things, what, you know, and I'm not talking about how to pressure wash or how to window clean, but we're doing the marketing every day. We're doing our sales system as a result of the calls that come in from the marketing every day. And then we're doing the follow-up down the road and we're doing that every day you can't lose 
if you've got integrity mixed into the whole equation. You're, you're, you know, if you're doing what you say you're going to do and you're doing those little things every day, you're going to win. Um, and I've, I've said this a good handful of times on the podcast. So one of my old bosses, Bob Ryan, he was the chief marketing officer uh, over sales and marketing in a security company I worked for. And he would always say, guys, what we're doing, it's not hard. It's just hard work. We just got to get out there and, and, and bust it. So, and, and those are the people. I mean, if you guys, um, you know, you two are prime examples of this. If you go and you see the people that are winning, the people that aren't focusing on how to clean the thing, they're focusing on how to get the, the phone to ring and then how to get that customer to come back after you service them the first time. So um, I, I can't, I'm, I'm super excited to see where you guys go. Um, yeah, I love the drive. I love the plan. I love your quiet confidence. You two kind of look like the opposite of me. You know, I'm a uh, extroverted loudmouth jackass. You guys are a little more reserved and calculated, I think on some stuff, but I, but I'm, I'm really excited about what you're doing and where you're going. So on that note, what's the plan? Are you going to take over the world? Are you going to, you know, do you want to do the owner operator thing forever? Do you want to have 200 trucks on the road and, and living in, in Bora Bora and having other people running the thing for you, something in between what, what's, what's the plan here? Uh, I, I don't know. We've talked a little bit about it. Um, yeah. To, I run right off the bat. There's two of us, right? There's two owners, mm-hmm. two families, twice the miles of feed. So real, to be honest, you've got to have a pretty solid business in place to feed two people. Yep. Um, so I think we, we way underestimated that getting into this. Mm-hmm. Like that's part of why I think our months have bumped up to where they are. Like we have to yeah. be super productive knowing that we've only got, you know, an eight month season. We're not working, we're not cleaning houses year round. So we've only got so much time to get it done. Um, but I think, I think to hit our goals, we're going to have, we have to have a few employees. I don't know that either one of us want to be completely hands off the business. Mm -hmm. Um, he does enjoy cleaning quite a bit. I really enjoy the the sales and marketing stuff. You know, I I have no interest of having somebody else do that for me, Yeah. but, but I could definitely do without cleaning windows every day. It's nice having a balance. We're both, yeah, there's, there's twice as many miles to feed, but like there's twice as much input. There's twice as much effort. You know, we're both mm-hmm. different. We're similar, but we're both different. You know? Yeah. Going into it, uh, what was that? Uh, the E-Myth. I read the E-Myth this winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, finding out what Just for anyone listening, is. it's called the E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. If you haven't read it, you've got to. So anyway, yeah. carry on. He got it for me for Christmas. And uh, I read it and like, as soon as I got done, I told him, I was like, I'm really nervous. I'm like, I'm, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm, you know, a tech, like I've never been a manager and that stuff scares the hell out of me. And he's like, that's great. He's like, that's awesome. That's, mm-hmm. that's really good that you know that because it's like, I'm really comfortable with that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm kind of the opposite. So it's like, okay, well, yeah. So to be honest, having two people, yeah, it's, we need a lot of money to make it, to make it work. But we're super balanced. Like yeah. it's, it's like you've got a super person in charge of your business. Yeah. You got to that no, that's actually it. really cool. Uh, as soon as you said that, I was thinking, okay, this is perfect. You guys have already kind of identified where your strengths and where your desires are. So if you guys will just do a good job, you know, putting the, putting that plan together of like, okay, here's my lane. 
here's your lane. Let's, let's kick ass on it. Um, that's, that's actually really exciting to see because if both of you liked the same thing, you could still do it, but it would, and I don't think it would make it difficult down the road. I think it would probably make it more difficult, you know, like short term, you know, like right now, but, but on the note of, you know, twice the mouths, mouths to feed, the fact is there's a lot of money to be made out there doing this. There's a whole lot. And even in an eight month period, you know, like I used to look at a million dollar business as like this huge thing. And if you had that, you're rich. Well, you're not rich if you have a million dollar business, but even at a million dollar business, you know, let's say if you pay, you know, like me, I'm paying myself $55,000 a year right now. Okay. It's really not as much money as I, I want, but I'm putting everything else back into the business so we can scale it and grow it. And I can take the, the, the profit shares in the future. But you know, let's say if you got a million dollar business and you guys are netting 20%, which you should be able to net 20%. And when guys, listeners, when I say net, I don't mean that's all the money they get to take home. I mean, they pay themselves, you know, whatever they need to do, uh, you know, the, for the jobs that they do. Well, if you net 20% on a million dollars, that's 200,000. So you're not rich now, but now you, you know, now you can split 200 or, or yeah. you know, whatever. And then you, and I, listen, I haven't hit a, a million yet. I'm hoping to this year. I'm a little scared now after, you know, I was ahead of pace and then Corona hit and now I'm way behind. But, um, you know, I, I don't think a million is anywhere close to the ceiling on something like this, especially for guys like you that live in a big major metropolitan area. You got a, a crap ton of people. Um, Our market's unreal. And yeah. we found that out pretty quickly. We're very lucky. We're mm-hmm. fortunate that we live where we live. Yeah. Yeah, because we we haven't even like we really haven't tapped into what people would consider the metro yet. Yeah, um, simply because we've found where there's competition and it's easy to just poke holes where there isn't. Yep, and we've we've dumped a lot of research into figuring out these different market areas, what type of people live there, and also are they being marketed to. Mm-hmm. Now, now we have a mutual friend, Dan Plata, which Dan's been on my show and he lives in the Minneapolis area as well. Are you guys going to go in and start kicking his ass? That'd be awesome. <laughs> He's not going to have anybody coming down here to clean windows. Yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We keep his drive time shorter. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Now, it's, do you it guys? Is, it is cool after meeting him and um, like prior to meeting him, you hear about blue skies all the time on podcasts and different things. It was fine. It was neat to put a face to it and actually get a a feel for what that business is like. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, now going around and meeting people and it's like, Oh yeah, blue skies does my windows already. Stuff like that. Yeah. It's a small world. So the, the only thing that's disturbing me about you guys so far is you don't seem to have a clear path on where you want to be down the road, which I don't have like, I'm not ultra clear where I want to be in five years, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, three years. Uh, um, I'm going to say 85% clear on that. The um, I'm probably hundred percent clear on what I want. Um, I'm probably only 50% uh, on the plan to get to where I want, but uh, in three years. <laughs> so, do you guys have a, and you don't have to share it if you don't want, but did you set a revenue goal for the year coming into this? Well, initially. Yeah. And I'll kind of go back and um, touch on you. You had said, I'm a little disturbed that uh, you guys don't have a clear long-term goal. 
Um, honestly, for me, it was crystal clear coming into the spring. Like it was a hundred percent clear mm-hmm. until the COVID thing hit. Mm-hmm. And for me, I came in to this season with so much momentum and high hopes. And then something like that happened. Yeah. And not that it had a huge negative effect on our business. I don't think it has, but. It well, you guys did. I, I was watching you guys. You, I mean, I know it slowed down, but I think it sounded like that winter, the, the, the storm was worse than, than the COVID. Yeah. It hasn't been kicking ass through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sort of just put me in a place for a minute. It was like, cause I really did. I wanted to grow it as quick as possible and have a business running without me in it basically. And I wanted to get there as quick as we could. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that had we had, you know, six trucks running this spring and um, if something happened that could have affected that where I wasn't able to bring employees back, um, that was just kind of an eye opener. So now it's, that's made me kind of question how we need to get to that point um, versus as quick as possible, different Mm -hmm. streams. Yeah. Stuff that's a little more consistent, right? Now, do you, as, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. I was just going to touch on the revenue goal real quick. Um, we had we had a revenue goal set coming into the year as me as with being a full time guy and him working part time, and at that was 160 thousand um, by the first of the year. Nice, and which I think would have been. Uh, it was a good goal for a, a one-man show with a part-time help. Yep. But we're uh, we're planning on. I think you guys are going to do a lot more than that. Yeah. I I think you guys are going to sell past two hundred pretty easy based on everything I've been seeing from afar. So that's we're not going to let up. Yeah. Yeah. We've got we've got plans for winter too, and not having to slow down too. So cool. Um, yeah. Now, do you guys are you? building to sell you building to turn it into an atm do you even know at this point it's like well an atm yeah Yeah. he's talked about you know wanting to be grow it get hands off i said we were different i'm not really that way like i i don't necessarily want to be hands off with it so um i mean maybe someday i will be but i that's not like my goal at this point um I like. I, 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 I think this is awesome, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I know I'm interrupting, but uh, everything that you guys are saying, I'm like, oh, holy crap, this is great. Because not only do you have your different, you know, strengths that you have and, and you're working in, but if, um, you know, if let's, let's just, I'm just going to pull a number out of my ass. Who knows if it lines up with your goals? So let's say three years from now. You guys are at that, you know, 1.5 million, 2 million, whatever, you know, at 1 million, somewhere between 1 and 2 million. Let's just say it, right? Um, well, at that point, if Clay wants to, you know, be hands off and, and move to his next endeavor, and then the, on, the only money he gets is, you know, his portion of the, you know, profit distributions, that's still going to be a, a healthy amount of money and you're, you're kind of doing your thing and you're spending your however much time that you want with uh, uh, Patriot window cleaning, which is your business name. Uh, but then of course, Derek, you, you still get those distributions, but can also get paid as that general manager or CEO of the company and running it. And it, it's a beautiful thing. So that, yeah. that, that's cool. Yeah. It's, it's cool being different. You know, we've both got different goals, but it's all, all the same thing. So yeah. 
I've always had a lot of a lot of hobbies and I knew in my old career that I would never be able to make one of those hobbies into um not really a job but something that actually provided some sort of income and now now doing what we're doing I know that at some point I'll be able to work on something else you know um and just keep pursuing dreams it's really what it's all about that's cool shit that's exactly what it's about um now do you guys uh how long do you think it it's going to be in your opinion before you can achieve something like that? So let's pretend is my, what I just said, does it seem like it's in the ballpark of, you know, Derek, you're running the thing, clay, you're more hands off, but you know, maybe doing another endeavor type of thing. I mean, do you think that's probably what you guys will end up doing? Yeah. I mean, it could be. It's very, it's very possible. Mm -hmm. I know as of right now, like, yeah, it's, I could, I could see myself being the one to distance first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what, if you were a betting man, if you two were betting men, uh, how long, call your shot, how long till you can do that if you want to? Mm, I'd say four or five years. About, yeah, I was going to say three to five. Yeah. But just because our seasons are so short, you've yep. got you've to go really hard for those, mm-hmm. those periods, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then you gotta, you gotta bank a bunch of money up for spring. You know, let's, let's say you did want to have, you know, invest into something else like, well, you need that money for your next year. It's just, yeah. it's tough being in an area where like you've got to have, you know, a rabbit hole full of money waiting for spring. You know, you don't yeah. want to spend on something else in case something happens. That's, yeah. that's our, that's our number one priority right now is, is to build this into 12 months of revenue instead of, you know, seven or eight. Now, are you wanting to do that just because you can put enough money back or are you wanting to add other services that you guys can do in the wintertime? Add other yeah. services, be able to keep, if, if we've got employees that wanted to work in the winter, then they could. I know a lot of places people are like, uh, your employees aren't going to want to get laid off. Well, up here, that's very normal is a lot of guys work a seasonal job. And they so they ice fishing and drinking beer all winter. Three months to do whatever they want. That's that's the construction worker life. That's everybody we know. Really? That's what you do. You work cool. spring, summer, fall, and then you just fish all winter. Well, you know, do you guys know who Brian Haggerty is by chance? Uh, the name sounds very familiar. He was on my podcast a while back, and he's got a very successful pressure washing company in New Jersey. And he had a, I think it's been around for about 20 years, but and these are his work, this is his story, not mine, but he didn't do the best job for about the first, you know, 14 years or so. And then he discovered, you know, systems and uh, I don't want to say he discovered leadership, but started doing his leadership differently and and stuff like that. And now he's got this like really, really like finely tuned, you know, oiled machine. And, you know, New Jersey, I don't think their, their winters are nearly as harsh as yours, but they still have bad winners you know they They're still probably pretty similar yeah yeah and that's one of the things that he uses he uses the whole you know you get the winner off as a benefit like when he's hiring people he you know he's looking for people that want that and when you got other guys in his exact same market that say you don't understand it's difficult here um you know we can't keep people year round he's over there just making bank because you don't have to work year round. And, um, you know, that's, 
guys, I'm on a rabbit trail a little bit on this same topic. Mm-hmm. And, and I've got to stop saying this is what I like about you. But the fact is, I just respect the hell hell out of you guys. Um, the uh, I feel like I know you better than I really do. And so I hope you're not different than what I think because uh, I'd be so <laughs> disappointed. But, um, the, you know, I had a guy actually um, post, he's posted twice not on a couple of my YouTube channels and our uh, not channels, but YouTube videos. And um, one of, I, I forget what the videos were, but they were, one of them was like tips on starting a business. And the other one was about, you know, growing your business or something. And his comment on there was, and it was in all caps both times. Yeah. But what about, uh, what about the constant racism that uh, penetrates even the business world in, uh, in the United States, you know, exclamation point. I just saw, I just read that. Did you see it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they just happened this past week and I I was actually going out the door and I did my best to respond on one and I read it like the following day and I'm like, well, those thoughts didn't come out real well. Mm -hmm. But the, you know, when I hear that guy, I'm thinking to myself, so I'm, I'm making an assumption. Well, I don't know. He's, he's, clearly a minority. I don't know if he's black or, or if he's Hispanic or whatever, but you know, I mean, it sounds like the guy's a minority because he's talking about racism. And I, and in my mind, it's like, you know, the fact is if he's a minority and especially probably if he's a black guy, he really is, he really deals with a real thing. You know, racism's a real thing. Um, and, and he's probably, you know, I, I would believe that the dude's been an actual victim of it just because that's just kind of how, you know, things are. But there's a difference between like being a victim legitimately and having a victim's mentality. And, you know, and that's kind of what I was trying to get across when I responded to the guy's comment. And I don't think it came out the way I was wanting, but you know, the point isn't have people done you wrong you know, and it doesn't matter what it is. I, I posted a, a video a while back called is everything your fault. And in that video, I mentioned how like my, uh, my daughter, you know, she dealt with some very serious threats at her school. Um, over a year ago, it was a big deal. I made some posts online that went viral. I wish my other videos would get as many views as this did, but some big things. And I, I literally, I had the local sheriff's department, like threatening us and uh, literally libel, which is the written form of slander, you know, lying about us and stuff like that. But I was like, and my kids had to change schools midstream and it was difficult on them. And my, my point in bringing that up was saying that, you know, if there's a, ever a time, you know, whether it's my daughter in that situation, she was genuinely a victim. If you're a minority, you know, if you're and and you deal with racism, you're genuinely a victim. So the, the, the question here now with you guys, what got me onto this was you could, you know, you guys, if you wanted to, could play the victim card and say, well, you, Bob, you don't understand in my market, we're not year round. We can't be successful. Um, but then you got, you know, guys like you, you got guys like Brian Haggerty that say, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let this thing that I can't control turn me into a mental victim. I'm going to find a way to win. And, uh, and I want to be very like, sincere you know i know when i'm talking about racism and stuff i mean that's that's a very sensitive subject but the and anyone watching might say well you're a you know you're a white male blah 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 no i I get it i i get that but the fact is no matter what we're faced with is you know there's cards that were dealt 
and then there's a hand that we've got to play. And if we get bad cards and we just say, ah, I'm done, I'm not going to do it, well, then, then, then we're not going to win. But, but there is a way, you know, to be real cliche, to play your opponents, and, and there's a way to choose to not uh, be that mental victim because when you are, you've just already lost. You lost before you even got there, you know. And so, I don't know. I hope it's, that means it's sense. not all your respondent issues. That's, exactly. Uh, yeah. we, we never run from a problem. That's for sure. And well, exactly. Minnesota, there's tons of problems, so we're we're going well, after them. And Clay hit it earlier. You know, actually, it really resonated with me because you know I'll deal with anxiety quite a bit. But Clay said that you know the best way to deal uh, to to deal with anxiety is action. You know, just like just getting things done. It's why it's actually just outside my reach, but it's why I love my, this planner that I use is just like, because I'm the kind of guy I like to put my head in the sand. You know, whenever, when I get like a little overwhelmed and I'm like, oh crap, there's all this stuff. Um, naturally, I want to stick my head in the sand and ignore it, you know, and just like, oh my God, hopefully it'll go away. But what makes that, that fear, that anxiety, all that stuff go away is when I sit there and I make a list, boom, 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 boom. And then just, and I'll make, I'll make easy shit, respond to three emails. And that's something I can check off, you know, and, and but, it, but it helps, you know, and it knocks, knocks that, that down. And the coronavirus, you know, it, it was one of the things that when I was watching you guys go through this and I know that the wind, the, you know, the, the weather thing, again, you guys weren't victims, you know, one of you stayed full time. The other one went and got a damn job. Now it didn't last, that job didn't last long. You went back at it. But to me, I respect the hell out of that because you didn't say you just can't do it. You were like, ah, we'll modify the plan. And, um, you know, but the coronavirus thing hit me hard emotionally. I had to lay guys off and I felt terrible about it and, and all this stuff. But, uh, but one thing I never did was say, why is this happening to me? You know, and, and, and I know that's how you guys, you know, were too. You didn't say, why is it happening to me? You just said, I'm going to go get a job and we'll figure this thing out. And just like your plan. Well, we came into the year with 160, but then this shit happened. So what's happened? Now the plane's even fucking bigger, and I love it. So it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Things happen for you, not to you. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I. It's kind of a cheesy saying, but I, I was like, you know, I'm not gonna let life happen to me. I'm gonna happen to life. You know. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so guys, listen. I gotta ask you guys a very, very serious question. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna build it up too much. I think you know what I'm gonna ask you. You guys are faced, and, and this is, I'm going to let you guys, you're going to do this as a team, okay? So not two individuals, but as a team, if you guys were going to be in a fight to the death, all right, and you got to choose your opponent, would you choose a horse-sized duck or a thousand duck-sized horses? And you, the, and you guys can team up. And I know one of you's got some military training, so I'm interested in, in hearing how you guys are going to do this. I've always thought about this question, and I always think about it in a business aspect. I would rather go after a bunch of, bunch of wannabes, little guys. <laughs> they, you know? So I'd go after the, the duck-sized horses. I'd be booting them. All right. But, uh, that's funny. He says that because it just proves how much opposite we are. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm going for the big, the big one. Okay. Uh, Horse-sized horse duck, and my theory is, uh, a thousand of them little bastards sounds like a really long, agonizing death. And that's, 
one squ- one swat from that that big duck, I'd probably be done. Well, so I'm going to make an executive decision here and say that Big Brother gets to pick. So we're going to go with the horse-sized duck. So now, how are you guys going to attack this thing? You know, there's two of you. What's the plan? I'm going to be taller. Yeah, horse-sized duck. Probably go. Probably go up a headlock first. Got to lock it up from up top. So you're gonna you're gonna throw it in a headlock and then yeah, I'd probably get right behind it. Okay. Yeah, get on top and I'd, I'd probably start choking it out. And I'm just gonna work on his little twig legs. Yeah. See, that's probably that's, probably more like an oak tree. Yeah, so I was gonna say they're not legs. little twig legs, guys. They're like they're like telephone poles, you know. We're from yeah. Minnesota and we've we've cut trees down too, so it's not that bad. <laughs> All right. Well, I like it. I like the teamwork. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So, guys, um, let's share some. You know, this has been fun just learning about your journey. Let's talk about uh, a tactic or two or three or whatever, you know, a tactic or 10. It doesn't matter if it's one or 10, whatever. Um, what are a couple of things that you guys have done that, because everyone, uh, you know, I post videos and I do these podcasts and stuff on Facebook and I'll get questions like, what's the best way to get customers? What's the best way to sell a job? What's the best way to this? And there probably are some best ways, but really I think what it comes down to is realizing that you're not going to be able to do everything the best at the beginning and you've got to pick and choose where you're going to put most of your effort. What are, what's a thing or two that you guys have put a lot of effort into that you feel has led to the success that you guys have had up to this point? Branding. Branding. Branding, Probably like a hundred percent. We've got almost 600 followers on our Facebook page. Oh, wow. We'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so uh, from the beginning, I, I made a Facebook page, a business page, and started posting pictures of the projects we do. And then I'd always make some sort of catchy, catchy tag with it. And uh, even to this day, I mean, I post at a minimum once a day, between oh, really? one to three times a day. Um, every time I post, they're up, usually seen like between three and 500 times, you know, by people. So anytime anybody around here now like ass you know looking for their house wash on a page like people are recommending us that i have no idea who they are we've never done work for them but everybody knows about us mm-hmm. i mean if you live within 30 40 miles here you've probably heard about us like i we post on social media you know relentlessly so that's you said you have about 600 followers now um i've kind of got this problem now, I don't think I have anywhere close to that on my business page, but my problem is with the podcast and YouTube channel, I get a lot of people liking my business page that are not, you know, potential customers, which really isn't a good thing. You don't want people liking your page that are not potential clients. Um, no. Do you guys have a pretty, are most of those people like the kind of people that you want? Like 100%. 100%. So like, I mean, you know, we both kind of, I would say I handle almost I handle almost all the Facebook stuff. He handles at this point 100% of the emails and the sales and stuff like that. We were trying to both do it, and it was like, if you respond to this person, if you respond to this thing, you know. So we had to like get our own lanes. So um, with the Facebook, I'll notice, you know, like I'll have a little boosted ad. I'll see who's commenting on it, and then all of a sudden, the next day, that same person. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be asking questions about it and then boom, they like the page. It's like everybody that likes our page is a potential customer. Um, nice. I mean, maybe there's like a couple friends and family that like it, but like most of them, you know, I'm not and, like friends with. 
And if I'm hearing you correctly, that for you, you're, you're kind of saying the key, obviously it's got, there's gotta be good content. So it's gotta be a good photo or video and caption. Mm -hmm. But for you, the key has been consistency. See, I, I've been terrible on the Facebook I, thing, to be honest. I, yeah, every day, like, and like the other, just a couple weeks ago, one of the guys, our part-timer helping us, we're friends with him. And uh, he's like, you gotta, you gotta stop posting on Facebook. Like <laughs> you're posting too much. And I'm like, perfect. Like, I'm, <laughs> glad, you, I'm glad you think that. That's you awesome. Know? Um, but yeah, I post a lot. It gets in front of a lot of people. Um, this is our first real year in business. I guess you'd say, you know, like full time. So, I mean, every customer we have is a new customer. So, um, getting in front of all those people, that's all they found out about us. I mean, yeah, our EDDM did a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, we can't do door hangers. We can't knock on doors, you know, cause it's COVID. So our leads are coming from faith. All this work is from Facebook. Nice. 90 would say 95 percent of it yeah we 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 started the year with a plan of pretty much all print marketing in our lead generation and as soon as it it looked like maybe that wasn't going to be our best bet we basically pulled it and refocused all of our energy onto social media edm is tough edm is real tough and like you said if you can't hand out flyers right now that kind of kills right. the other option yeah right because we were we were doing eddm to an area then we'd go and flyer it and then if we did a sales appointment we were you know handing out some flyers while we were doing that and as soon as that all kind of got shut down it was you we we felt it right away the calls mm -hmm. were slowing but um it just seemed like there was a another avenue to get in front of that many people mm -hmm. and um Facebook has, has been that we run now we run two to three paid ads a week and we're dealing with like 30 to 40 estimates per week. Holy that shit. Doing. That's yeah, huge. And, and not, we do them all in person. Yeah. Not to give away the farm, but, uh, one thing that I found out pretty quickly, like when we started off, we had some t-shirts made, you know, uh, hats made had a, and then his wife took a picture of me and him standing in front of his house you know, and you can track your, your, uh, your views and everything. And, you know, I'd take pictures of houses, you know, did this today and it wouldn't, it wouldn't blow up. But then I post a picture of me and him out there and boom, that thing blows up. Right. God, I hate you so much I, I know, hey guys. I, what he's doing. I, I know exactly what he's talking about. Cause they yeah. sent me a screenshot. They're like, well, we're just two sexy bitches. So we put the pictures <laughs> of two of us on there. Yeah. And then all these, all these, you know, desperate housewives in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area are like, Oh but, my God, I want them to clean my windows. Yeah. But that being said, like, we're just selling us, you know, to people. Um, yeah. and anybody, anybody can do that. Like we're the, we're lucky right now that we're owner operators. So mm -hmm. like, you know, when you book with us, you're getting us to come do the job that obviously won't be the case forever. Mm -hmm. Um, but right now, you know, people, the people we're getting in front of, we're, you know, treating them as great as we can. We're giving them the best customer service we can. Um, they're coming to us, you know, that's yeah, it's pretty, pretty easy. So yeah. When, when people think of Patriot window cleaning, I'm pretty sure at this point they're thinking of me and him. And then when we, when we do the social media, anytime, like I'll do a live video or a video or a video of him cleaning something or, you know, talking a customer through kind of what we're doing, explaining a roof cleaning, why it's important, stuff like that. Uh, does way better. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a marketing guru, but just what I found that stuff is what really gets traction going and gets people going to your page. Nice. Um, 
you post something like that and then all of a sudden, you know, your emails will just kind of blow up. That's what we found. So you may have already said this. It could have been some of the stuff that you just said. And if it is, say, it's the shit I just said. But if you were going to give advice to anyone that's who you guys were, you know, a year, year and a half ago, you know, a couple of, you know, some, someone out there that wants to start their own business, maybe they want to do it on the side for a year or so before they can, you know, make it their full-time gig. Uh, they want to have the success you're having. And I know you guys aren't claiming to be rich or anything like that, but what you're doing is really, really impressive. And I'm, uh, Mark it down, folks. These guys are going to have a great deal of success. And these are going to be the guys that are going to be speaking at the huge convention and stuff like that, sharing their stuff. By the way, huge convention is in um, August this year. Are you guys going to that? I don't know. We've talked about it. You should. It's pretty awesome. I, I hope you do. I'll, I'll, I'll buy you some more beers if, if, <laughs> uh, if you do. But guys, I'd, I'd like to go. But yeah, we've got a couple of vacations already planned for the year. So I don't yeah, know if it's going to work understood. out. Understood. Well, for the listeners, the huge convention, it's in um, uh, Atlanta this year. It is happening despite all the stuff that we've dealt with, you know, in the country this year. Um, but uh, give it a year or two. I mean, next year, you guys could do it next year. You, you know, you could do it this year, but you're probably not even coming. But these are the guys, they'll be speaking at the breakout sessions, sharing uh, good tactics. So my question for you is one of these people that they, maybe they haven't pulled the trigger yet. They're thinking they want to do their own business. They eventually want to go full time. What's what's a bit of advice that you'd give to them? Let's do this. Since there's two of us, we can each do. Yeah, I like it. We'll each give three, like our top three things. Okay, let's do it. Um, for me, it's the number one thing is going to be learn your market. Do whatever, do as much market research as you can. Um, number two is going to be get visible. I mean, you're, you're going to have to find a way for everybody in your area to recognize the name, whether that is through print marketing, whether it's through, um, social media, try to get, get visible. And then the number, number three, and might even be the most important one of the three is focus on customer service. Yeah. Your number one priority has to be giving the customer the best possible experience with your business. Boom. And there's a lot of things that kind of umbrella underneath that um, as to how to do that. But if you focus, if you're yeah. always focusing on that, you're going to have customers that are repeat. You're going to have customers that are referring you. Um, twice last week, we got referrals from people who we haven't even cleaned our house yet. That, Derek, I don't know how you're going to beat it because those are probably the three things I would have said. So Derek, what, yeah. what, what do you got, man? Yeah. Um, well, we're both different kinds of people. So I would say <laughs> find a way to be passionate in what you're doing because your customers are going to see that. Mm -hmm. um, I found out pretty quickly, like, I mean, I probably could have started up a dog shit cleaning company <laughs> and I would have probably been pretty proud and pretty happy. I was doing it for myself. So like, your customers are going to realize that you're passionate and you really care about what you're doing. So that being said, you know, literally do the best you can and they'll, they'll appreciate that. Even if you mess up, you know, we've messed up some stuff this spring so far and uh, it hasn't been a big deal on their part because they know they're getting taken care of, you yep. know, we will make it right. Um, that, yeah, the, the staying in front of people, you have to, and I've, 
I've gotten a couple of my friends that live out of state. One guy lives in St. Augustine and one guy lives in Hawaii, both military guys. They both started up some pressure washing companies since then. I've kind of got them into it. And uh, I just, I can't get them to post enough. Like you yeah. have to stay in front of your people that nobody's going to know who you are unless you're posting, you know, we've got, we'll show up to a job in a pretty um, uh, metro area. And there's literally going in the neighborhood, there's 10 pressure washing signs on all the corners. We don't do that stuff. And they're calling us, you know, like they're driving by these signs every day. They're leaving their house, but they're not calling those people from those signs. They're yeah. doing that because they're seeing us on Facebook. People are sharing our shit, you know, like we're doing a good job and people are, you know, relaying that to a lot of people. So yeah, he said, it'll be, you gotta stay in front of your customers. Like that is 100%. Um, pricing. Yeah. Go back to don't sell yourself short. Um, when we've started to grow to where we know we're going to have employees, if we would have priced it out cheaper, man, we'd be having to do so much work. Yeah. Like I've thought about that so many times, like we're so fortunate to have picked the right path with that because we'd be in some trouble if we didn't. Yeah. Um, there, so there's a lot to be said on that topic right there. Yeah. Don't, if you're new, do not set the low price. We did originally when I first started and then we jacked it up. It was like, this isn't going to work. You know, that's not what we want to be doing. And it really helped us. And like this, the guys I've been helping, like you got to set your prices. Even if you're, new and you don't have a ton of experience, act like you do. You know, the first person I went and sold window cleaning to um, was like, can I get a business card? You know what I told her? I ran out, just ran out. <laughs> like you're the first person I tried to sell. You know, I wasn't set up, but you gotta be a professional if you're not, you know, yep. it is just window cleaning. If you're getting into like house washing and stuff, that's obviously a little more technical. That's, you can wreck some stuff, but starting something simple like cleaning windows, you know, act like you're the best person out there and yeah, it may, it may happen. So. Cause yeah. And, and you can figure it out. That's a good shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to add one thing. I, I, I really don't want to tag on to what you guys said here, but on the pricing thing, another thing, you might be a new guy and I've told people before, Hey, if you're trying to just feed your family for the month, do it for whatever price you can do it. Right. I mean, you gotta, you gotta take, right. you know, have your priorities in check, but what you've got to understand is, if you start out cheap, you know, you might pay your bills right then, but as you want to scale your company, those cheap prices will not support employees and all your overhead. No. But what's even worse though, it's not just, it's not just the struggle of raising your prices. It's the fact that all the work that you put in to get your customer base, those customers can't support your, your new business unless yeah. they're willing to come back at a higher price. Some of them will, some of them won't. So you're, you're doing so much work for virtually nothing when, when you're on that cheap price. So I we did, we did something topic. similar to you. We had last, last year, last fall, we were a little more expensive than we are now. Mm -hmm. yep. we, we looked at our close rate and we're like, you know what, if we're both going to be busy, you know, we need to put food on the table. Kind of like you said, like, you know, there's, there's a fine line and we found mm -hmm. what we, we kind of met in the middle, you know, we're yeah. still, I still think pretty sure we're probably still the most expensive window cleaners in Metro. I'm not, I, I can if, almost guarantee it. If I do, if I do 10 window cleaning estimates a week, I bet seven of them come back and say, 
you're the most expensive person that yeah. I've got an estimate from. We just got an email. What she says, like, are you sure your window cleaning yeah. estimate is correct? That's double what it usually is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get the but, same thing. And every time I get a review and someone says their price was great, I'm like, damn it. My <laughs> yeah. price yeah. wasn't high enough. So Yeah, yeah. And like, obviously, we're not ripping people off. Like, you, you get what not. you pay for. Yeah. And that's one thing. We, we did a commercial account this week, a bank. And uh, they've had a bunch of quality issues, and she had said something. She's like, "Well, that's what do you tell her?" It's like, "Oh, that's she, that's why we're you know that's why you see a price point." She had just got done going through, telling me about how dissatisfied she was with the previous service and like different things that were going on, and and even just bad communication with the the other cleaner, and then um, she was like, "You know, what what makes." A window cleaner expensive and I said all that stuff that you just got done explaining to, to me you're not gonna experience that yeah and, this and was, she just kind of smiled this yeah. is a, a commercial account the same company has had that account for 15 years Wow and we're almost double and then went with us Wow Wow so. well I, I just said it, but I was tr I was talking over you, so I don't know if anyone heard it, but that's a good mic drop spot right there. So, guys, uh, I would imagine the best way for people to get in touch with you would be, what, Facebook or? Yeah, yeah. Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Clay and Derek Davis, they're friends of mine on Facebook, so if you're my friend, you can see them on my friends list. Um, guys, uh, I'm just going to say it again. I know I'm being a broken record. I respect the hell out of you. Uh, I think you're awesome guys. Uh, I hope to get to spend some time with you in person again in the future. If it's not at the huge convention at the next, whatever. So we're coming to, I'm coming to Orlando in February. So. Oh yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely hang out and do some stuff there for sure. And, um, guys, listen, thank you for joining me on another, uh, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Fabulous episode of the journey of a new entrepreneur podcast where we're always here to talk about the journey, the experience, the good, the bad. And these are two guys that said, I'm not going to live in the bitch zone. They came over to the no bitch zone, not saying that you were in the bitch zone, but they, but they moved into the no bitch zone for, for sure. They decided to become the captains of their own ship. You can do it too. None of us are any better than you guys. We're just implementing the stuff. So I'm going to sign off saying this. If you're not doing the things that you want to, Hey everybody, listen, my internet went out as we were recording and fortunately it was at the very, very end of the podcast. So I just want to add this and then wish you guys an amazing day. If you're not doing the things that you want to be doing in life, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason for it. Peace out.